Earlier this week, you probably heard on the radio, so on the TV, the tragedy that happened in Columbia, uh, South America. A plane carrying a soccer team from a small town in Brazil, and I don't know if I'll pronounce this right, but Chapico, uh, crashed into the Andes Mountains in Colombia, and it killed 71 of the 77 passengers that were on board. Uh, this soccer team had had what they call a fairy tale season. They they won more games than anybody expected them to win going into the season, and. Uh, They, their coaches, and some journalists from their hometown, and I think there were a couple other people on the plane, had had taken a commercial flight from San Paulo, Brazil, and flown to Santa Cruz, Bolivia. And then they got on a charter plane in uh, Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and headed to Magdalene, Colombia. And they were on their way to compete in one of the most prestigious soccer matches that they have, or tournaments that they have in all South America. Now, the investigators are still looking at the the, the deal. Uh, They believe what happened is that they ran out of fuel. Uh, The trip was at the very limit of how much gas or fuel they could carry. And so they're trying to determine if there's fault or not, but whether there is fault or not, won't bring back the 71 people that died in that plane crash. Uh, plane crashes in, in, like this always get my attention, I guess, because I, all, I flew so much. And the job that I had when I worked at General Motors the last few years, I was on a plane three or four, two or three times a week, actually three or four by the time you count I get home. And when I heard about this, I thought about the I thought about the people that were on that plane. I thought about what they must have experienced the last few moments of their lives. I thought about the families uh, that they left behind. Um, I'll I'll be honest with you, and I've told you this before, but I don't like funerals. If I I was God, uh, I would would do away with funerals. I would do away with funeral homes. There would not be a funeral service. There would not be undertakers because nobody would die. Uh, One thing that's going to make heaven, heaven for me, is that death will be vanquished. Nobody's going to die. And I've studied myself. I've asked, why why don't you like funerals? And I don't like funerals because I don't like to say goodbye. And if you've noticed, I may have said goodbye to you on an occasion by mistake, but I've tried, instead of saying goodbye, to always say, see you later. See you later. Because when I say goodbye to Christians, or when we part as Christians, I will see you later. I may see you later on this earth, or I may see you later in heaven, but I will see you later. Uh, But this morning, uh, uh, from thinking about the families and all those that were involved in the plane crash, I want to speak on the subject, once to die. Once to die. I want to mention several things about their death that should encourage us to be ready for our death. First of all, I would point out to you that their death was unexpected. Nobody that got on that plane in Bolivia expected for their life to end before they landed. If they knew that plane was going to crash, nobody would have got on it. I mean, I've only known one person in my whole life, and I met him in in the airport in Chicago, and I don't know how we got to talking about plane crashes, but I made that statement. I said, well, if if anybody knew a plane was going to crash, they get on it, they wouldn't get on it. And this guy said to me, well, let me tell you something. Every time I get on a plane, I expect it to crash. I said, why do you fly? If that's your expectation, why do you fly? He said, well, I have to. 
But every time I get on a plane, I expect it to crash. And when I walk off, I praise God for it. <laughs> uh, I heard Bill's testimony earlier in the week, and he uh, told the Lord one time when he was flying in the middle of a, of a storm, said, Lord, you get me off of this, I'll never fly again. And he's been true to that promise to God. He's never flown since then. But most of us, if not all of us here this morning, if we knew a plane was going to crash, we would not get on it. Uh, when we get on a plane, we expect to arrive at our destination. When this soccer team got on uh, that, that plane in Bolivia, they expected to land in Colombia and go to that tournament and play in that tournament. Uh, when, when people get on a plane today, they, they expect to get off of it and go, go on vacation or go visit their loved ones or go spend time uh, with their, their, their family or, or businessmen that fly. They expect to get off the plane and, and conduct their business. Very few, if any, expect their life to end when they board a plane. Otherwise, they wouldn't get on it. And so these people that got on this plane, their life ended unexpectedly. They didn't plan on it. Death may not come unexpectedly for you. We had a couple people that are, have been associated with, are associated with our church in a way. Bev's niece died this week. She had cancer. She was in hospice, and she passed away. It was not so much unexpected. They knew it was going to come. Jack and Teresa knew somebody that uh, just real recently, I mean in the past week, went into the hospital and they found out that they had cancer and they passed a week, uh, away. And so, you know, when somebody has cancer, you, you, you know that, you know, unless the Lord intervenes, unless the, the treatment works, that, you know, sooner rather than later, they're going to pass away. And so I can't tell you this morning that your death is going to be unexpected or you're going to live a long time and, 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 and have an expected death as you get older or catch some disease. But I will tell you, death is coming. And so I ask you this morning, are you ready to die? Whether it comes in an expected way or in an an unexpected way, are you ready to die? The Bible says in that verse we read in Hebrews, and as it is appointed unto man once to die. In the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And whether it comes unexpectedly or expectedly, every single one of us, if the Lord tarries, is going to die. My question is, are you ready? You see, there's only been two men in history that have avoided death, Enoch and Elijah. And I believe in the last days that Enoch and Elijah are going to be those two witnesses that are talked about in 11, Revelation chapter 11. They're going to be killed by the Antichrist, so even those two are going to die, their bodies are going to lay in the streets for three and a half days, and then they're going to be resurrected and go to heaven. And so every man has died. Every man will die, and you are one of them, you are one of them, and you're going to die, I'm going to die. It may be unexpectedly, it may be expectedly, but the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? The second thing I would point out to you, not only was their death unexpected, it was sudden. I've tried to read the accounts. They were 10,000 feet off the ground. They were in the mountains. The airport was in the mountains where they were going to land. 
the plane rolled a little bit, and then it crashed into the side of the mountain. They figure they had 45 seconds from the time that they actually ran out of gas completely, ran out of fuel completely until they hit the mountains. Now, 45 seconds is not a long time. You can't do much in 45 seconds. In 45 seconds, I don't think the stewardesses, if they were up, had time to get back into their seats and buckle their seat belts. The passengers didn't have time, if they had their luggage out, to put it in the overhead racks. Can't do that in 45 seconds. The friends that were on that plane in 45 seconds did not have the proper amount of time to say goodbye to one another. And the pilots didn't even have time to instruct the passengers how to prepare for a crash. I mean, they ran out of fuel, and 45 seconds later, they were crashing into the side of a mountain. In the book of James, chapter 4, 14, the Bible says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then vanisheth away. 1 Samuel 20, verse 3, David said, But truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. That statement is true of every one of us. There's just a step between us and death. That step may happen in seconds. It may not be on a plane crash. It may be in a car crash. It may be as a result of a heart attack. It may be the result of a bullet. I, I, I don't know. But in some cases, death will come to people in this room in a sudden way. You won't have time to say the proper goodbyes. You won't have time to give the last word of instruction. You won't have time. If you're not ready, you might not have time when death comes to get right with God. That's why the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you're not ready to die, you need to get ready now because your death may come unexpectedly and it may come suddenly and you may not have the time in the last few seconds of your life to get ready to meet God. For the 71 souls on that plane that crashed into that mountain... Their death was unexpected, and their death was sudden. And so I ask you again, are you ready to die? Number three, death on that plane was indiscriminate. There were 77 passengers on that plane. All but six died when the plane hit the mountainside. It took the pilots, took the crew. It took people sitting in the front of the plane and in the back of the plane. It took people sitting by the window and those sitting on the aisles. It took the players, it took the coaches, it took the journalists, it took the prepared and the unprepared. Now, just think think back with me about a few things that happened in the Bible when it comes to a situation like this. Think about the flood that God sent. Everybody that breathed, that existed on the earth at that time, died in the flood, except for Noah, his wife, his three boys, and their three wives. The flood took everybody. It, it did not discriminate. It took everybody that breathed. The Bible says, And all flesh died, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. The, death that hap- the deaths that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah were indiscriminate. There were only 
three people that ultimately survived that punishment from God. There was Lot and his two daughters. His wife initially got out, but she turned back and looked and turned to a pillar of salt. And the deaths in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were indiscriminate. I mean, they took adults. They took children. They took people that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that might have been trying to live a good life, even in the midst of that city. Although I don't think there were none, or God would have spared them too. But it took everybody. Death did not discriminate. Think back to Jericho. Everybody that was in Jericho when Joshua came to fight against that city and take that city. Everybody, everybody in the city died except for Rahab and her family. Young, old, everybody in the city died. Look, when death comes, it doesn't matter what your station in life is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have or who you work for. The Bible says it is appointed once to man once to man to die, and after that, the judgment. Death is going to come, and when it comes, it's not going to discriminate. There's nothing that we can point to about ourselves to say to God, spare me from death. It's appointed to every man to die, and death doesn't discriminate. And then number four, their death was a beginning, not an end. I listened to the news reports. I read what it had on the computer. And the, the headlines were on one of them, 71 lives end. I said, they got that wrong. 71 lives didn't end. 71 souls entered eternity. I mean, they, they were all on the same plane, but when the plane hit the ground, the passengers and the crew and those that died were divided into two groups. One group went to heaven, because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The other group, the unprepared group, went to hell. Like the rich man in Luke 16, where the Bible says, the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Human lives ended. Human bodies were scattered on the ground, but souls entered into eternity. Those that went to heaven will live there forever. Those that went to hell will suffer there forever. So I ask again, are you ready to die? Sometimes I play hide and seek with the boys. We count and then we say, ready or not, here we come. That's what death says. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not. Here I come. So let me ask you again. Are you ready? Are you ready? It doesn't matter. And listen, the bottom line is, when it comes, it won't matter if you're ready or not. I mean, when death comes, if, 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 you may not have a will, but death's still going to come. You might not have said your goodbyes, but death is going to come. You might not have had time to give your last instructions to your family and those that you leave behind, but death will come. Being, I mean, death doesn't, it doesn't matter because death's going to come. What matters is what happens after you die. What matters is where your soul goes after it leaves this body. Is it going to go to heaven or is it going to go to hell? That's the only two destinations. There's not another place. Are you ready?
to die. Let me read those verses again. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That's why Christ went to the cross, to bear our sins. See, the Bible says we're all sinners. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Not physical death that we've been talking about this morning, but spiritual death. Being separated from God, going to hell. Not being ready for eternity. Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. He was offered to bear your sins. He was offered to bear my sins. As he hung on the cross, God put every one of my sins and every one of your sins on his son. And he paid for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Every one of them, praise God. Every one of them. He paid. And unto them that look for him. In other words, if you look to him. We sing that song sometimes, look and live. Recounts that story that takes place in the book of Numbers where the fiery serpents came in and bit the Israelites and they began to die and they went running to Moses and Moses went running to God and God said, make a serpent, a brass, put it on a pole and lift it up and tell everybody they've been bitten by the fiery serpents. If they look at this serpent, this brazen serpent, they'll live. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He was offered for the sins of many. He was offered for your sin. He was offered for my sin. So are you ready? Have you looked to him? Have you trusted him? That's what it means to be ready to die. Death, again, I I hope I never have to have another funeral. I hope that we all live as long as Beulah, 104 years old, and then some. And I hope we're all raptured. But death is going to come. It could be unexpected. It could be sudden. When it comes, it's not going to discriminate. And when it comes, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. So let me ask you again. Are you ready? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's what, we talked about it last night. That's what Christmas is all about. God came in the form of a man to tell us about himself, to tell us about sin, to tell us about the penalty of sin, to tell us about the Savior, to tell us about himself. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ, please, 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 please. Get ready this morning. Come to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. What a tragedy we heard about this week. All those lives ended suddenly, unexpectedly. I pray, Father, they all were Christians. I pray they all knew Jesus as their Savior. I pray they all walked the streets of heaven this morning. But, Father, probably in that group there were some that were not ready. And probably in this group there are some that are not ready. I pray that we'd realize that our death may come suddenly. It may come unexpectedly. When it comes, it doesn't matter who we are or what we are or what we have. It's going to come. 
The question is, are we going to be ready for it? When we leave this earth, is our soul going to go to heaven to be with you? Or is it going to go to hell and spend eternity apart from you? I pray, Father, that nobody, nobody in this room will leave this place without knowing for sure they're on their way to heaven. And so if there's people here that have never received Christ, I pray this morning they would see their sin. They would see the penalty for that sin, and they would see the price that Jesus paid for it on Calvary. And they would come to him this morning and receive the gift of salvation that he offers to every single person. Please bless this invitation. Speak to hearts. If there's Christians that are here, if you're leading Christians, maybe there's some here that need to be baptized. Maybe there's some here that you're leading to join the church. Help them to be obedient. Help them to do what you tell them to do. But please bless this time of invitation. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.